Welcome to our Surviving Physical Therapy School podcast with Lauren, Sam, and Allie, where we will be giving you tips on surviving PT school one topic at a time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Surviving PT School. My name's Allie, and I'm here with Lauren and Sam. This will be a podcast talking about various topics that will be covered on the NPTE. We're third-year students, and we're starting to study for it, so we figured it would be beneficial to talk about it with you guys listening. But it won't just be another lecture. We're also going to talk about the hard topics through PT school. How do you manage your time? How do you stay, how do you relieve any stress? What do you, should you expect in your first clinical or even your first lab test? We'll talk about all those topics, and if there's anything else you want to discuss, Email us at survivingptpodcast at gmail.com. Today, we're going to be starting off with um, basic terms that you'll probably hear in your first day of kinesiology and anatomy. This will be anterior, anterior is towards the front of the body, where your face is, front of the body, anterior, posterior, towards the back of your body. That includes your butt, that includes your back, and that's the back of your head. Then we're gonna go into lateral. So imagine your body is split in half. There's a midline. And take your belly button, for example, and you draw a line up and draw a line down. Lateral means being away from that midline. The more you go away from that midline, the more lateral you are. Now medial is towards the midline of the body. The more close that you get to that midline, the more medial you are. One of our multiple choice questions in school once was, is this more lateral, medial, or middle? Now, it's really big to know that medial is different than middle. Middle is just in the middle of like an area that is chosen, when medial is still considered towards that midline of the body, the closer you are to that belly button of yours. Anyway, moving on. Superior above, inferior below. Think you guys got this. Now here are two terms that were kind of difficult for me to learn my first year because I just knew nothing walking in. Um, was proximal and distal. Proximal and distal have to talk about your like limbs, so your arms and your legs. So the more proximal you are, the closer you are to the main body, so towards your chest or back, and we'll call that the trunk. So proximal is more towards the trunk. So your shoulder is more proximal than your elbow. Now distal is away from the trunk. So now your fingers are more distal than your elbow. So that palmar and dorsal. Palmar is also known as volar. You guys, I'm in my, I was in my second year of PT school before I knew the difference between these two. I looked at my lab um, mate and I go, you know, you got to explain to me, what's the difference between dorsal and volar? And she kind of looked at me like, hmm, you know, you probably should have known this a year ago, but here we are. Dorsal, think of like a dorsal fin. It's the back of the hand. So if you're about to backhand someone, sorry, don't do that. It is the dorsal part of your hand. Now, volar is the palm side of your hand. Yeah, I just remember volar being the opposite of dorsal. 
Lauren, Sam, you got any other way to remember Bowler versus Dorsal besides Dorsal Finn? No. <laughs> no. That's about it. So don't be me. Just know the difference between Dorsal and Bowler. All right. Now two last ones before we move on. Cranial versus caudal. Cranial is towards the head. Caudal is away from the head. Cranial, cranial towards your head. Caudal towards your butt. So like that comes into play more when you're actually learning about like how the body develops, you know, like embryotic and that kind of stuff. That's not a huge term, um, but just in cranial towards the top, caudal towards, towards your feet. Yeah. And cranial, because we think cranial and we think cranium, which is your brain. So I think that is what makes the most sense to me. And I know that caudal is not cranial. So that's the opposite. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Allie. So next we are going to talk about um, planes and axes. Axi, axi. That's <laughs> all the same. Axi. I think technically. <laughs> so, first thing you have to know when you're thinking about these is the anatomical <laughs> position. So, if you don't know anatomical position, this isn't going to make any sense. So, I'm going to kind of go over that quickly. So, it's kind of the pictures that you see with the person just standing straight with their um, feet a little far apart, so they're kind of right under their shoulders, shoulder width apart, and their palms are towards the front. They're looking straight, standing straight, arms by the side, palm front. Okay, now that you have that picture, you're standing in that position, then you can go over planes. So you have three different planes of your body. So you have a frontal plane, sagittal plane, and a transverse plane. So going on your frontal plane. So if you're standing in that position, the frontal plane is basically just the front of your body. So like that's your face. So if you think of standing right up against a wall, if someone were to cut you in half, so you're gonna go, so you're a face and a butt, basically that's your frontal plane. A sagittal plane divides your body into left and right halves. So that's if someone cut you straight down from your nose all the way through the belly button, that's going to be your sagittal. And then you have your transverse plane, which divides the body into top and bottom. So these planes can happen anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the very midline. Um, so that's a big thing to keep kind of track of in your mind that it doesn't only happen in those three, you know, if you Google your cardinal planes of the body, um, the same picture will come up time and time again, but those planes can move. So your transverse plane isn't always through your belly button. It can be through your knee, through your ankle, through your chest. Yeah, just imagine like if someone were to like cut your leg off and like that's cutting in the transverse plane because it's cutting like into superior and inferior portions. Like you can cut off your hand and it's superior and inferior portions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then along with that, so you have to know your planes before you can really get your axis. So your axis is um, perpendicular to your plane. So your, yeah, so your anterior posterior axis, and then that helps with movement as well. Um, so if you imagine someone going through your belly button with a, with a pole, so then you can think of what kind of movements would happen with that. 
Okay, so it's kind of hard to do your belly button. Not a lot of movement comes from there. Let's say someone did an anterior posterior axis through your shoulder. Then you can only move that arm in kind of a jumping jack. I think motion. another way to think about it too is like how she said someone shoots you with an arrow and just say someone were to take you and start spinning you you're spinning in that um frontal plane but along the arrow and that arrow mm -hmm. is moving anterior posterior and you're along that frontal plane and you're just spinning around it yeah. again you'll get more practice around this so in that actual school we're just trying to help, help you review it all and help us review <laughs> It's a whole different thing when you have to explain it to someone else, especially when people can't see you. Without yes. visuals. So if you have every part of your body, you think of it as a fidget Yay, spinner. Yeah. You holding the fidget spinner is the axis and the fidget spinner is moving yeah. in that plane. Okay, so the axis that goes with your sagittal plane then is a horizontal axis. So, or a medial lateral axis. So again, um, your sagittal plane is gonna cut you from left and right. So then perpendicular to that uh, is basically um, shoulder to shoulder, like your outsides of your shoulder to the outside of your shoulder. So again, if we're doing the shoulder example, if someone sticks you with an arrow in your shoulder, you can only really move your shoulder front and back like you're shaking hands. Through this side of your body and sticking out the other side of your body, it's going to look like a, gymnast, like a gymnast going around that pole, right? Like that's the plane. It's going to be you moving sort of around that post like a gymnast would when they go do their amazingness. And then you have your transverse plane, which again, transverse is cutting top to bottom. Like Allie's uh, leg cutting yeah, example. Yeah, I just think of machetes cutting people like in half too. No, so it's okay. <laughs> Damn transverse yep. plane. So you have your transverse or horizontal. It's also called um, plane. So that's cutting you top to or top to bottom. So then your axis, which has to be perpendicular, is going to go through the top of your head and then come out down towards your feet. Yep. Okay. So then that, um, let's see, if we put that again in the shoulder example, if someone put a pull straight down to your shoulder from ceiling to floor, you would only be able to rotate your arm in and out. So that is internal and external I think another rotation. thing to think about it is just spinning a ball on your finger. If you're to take a basketball and you start to spin it, like your finger has to be completely underneath the basketball for it to rotate around that is the transverse plane yeah or like uh you could also think of it too like a figure skater doing a spin right so they have sort of an axis and they're spinning around that axis right so um in the frontal plane you're moving around an anterior posterior axis um and these motions that occur in this axis are abduction and adduction other thing which usually occurs with your arms and your legs Another thing is lateral flexion, um, both left and right, which usually is in your trunk. Those are the movements within the frontal plane. In the sagittal plane, you're usually going to get flexion and extension. So flexion, your arm comes directly out in front of you. 
in that sagittal plane, an extension, your arm goes behind you in that, um, in that same plane can occur to your trunk. When you move forward and you flex your trunk in that sagittal move back transverse horizontal. She kind of hit, she hit it. Um, that's rotation and internal and external rotation. Okay. Sam last topic. Okay. You guys will probably have to help me with this a little bit. Make, it make sense to everybody. Okay, so the first movement we have is elevation. So when I think elevation, my immediate thought is like shrugging your shoulders, for example. This can apply to any part of the body, really. But I think elevation and depression, for example, tend to go mostly with scapular movements, at least when talked about. So elevation, again, that's sort of shrugging your shoulders. If you bring your shoulders down or away from your head as possible towards the earth, that would be depression. Um, and then so protraction, retraction, again, this is really mostly referring to the, um, the shoulder and the scapula. Um, so with protraction, what I think about is like if you were to sort of cave your shoulders in towards your front, um, that would be protraction of your scapula, really. So it's like if you were to, um, yeah, basically like bring your two shoulders together towards your midline in front of you, that's protraction which is the opposite movement of retraction, which is like when you're trying to straighten your shoulders back and you're squeezing your scapula together. That's retraction. Um, lateral deviation. So lateral deviation or radial devi deviation is what it's called. Mostly, usually at least refers to the wrist. Um, so we have radial and ulnar. If you're sitting or standing in anatomical position with your palms out in front of you, Lateral deviation and or radial deviation is going to be moving your hand so that your thumb is coming up towards your forearm. That is lateral deviation. Um, and then medial deviation or ulnar deviation is doing the exact opposite movie, movement, taking your pinky more towards your midline or more towards your forearm, whatever makes sense to you. Um, and then we also have pronation and supination. Supination, again, this is usually referring to um, mostly your forearm and hand. It's just where it tends to make most sense for people. But supination is just putting your palm up. Pronation is putting your palm down when you're twisting that motion. I know people sometimes tend to think like supination, you're holding a bowl of soup. Yeah. Good point out. Yeah, yeah. And you're dumping it out with pronation. Dumping it out with pronation. Exactly. And then we have inversion and eversion. This commonly is mostly just referred to with the feet and the ankle. So with inversion, it'd be taking like the bottom of your feet and bringing them in towards your midline. So that's like, for example, what I think of is if you're sitting um, in sort of, I guess what they used to call Indian style. Is there a more good way to say that? I don't know. A what? Yeah. Indian style sitting butterfly? where it's like a butterfly sitting, oh. I guess. Right? Whoa. Sorry. Nah, um, okay. I guess butterfly seating where it's like your feet are more pointed, pointed towards the midline of your body. Like that's sort of the idea. Um, I think another way to think about it too is like if your big toe is up. Like if your big yeah. toe is up, that's inversion. And if you're yeah. like pinky toe is up, that's eversion. Yeah, so like the your foot flat on the floor towards the outside is eversion. What'd you With say, Lauren? 
I said it only works if you're thinking of your foot being flat on the floor first, the pinky and the big toe thing. Yep. That's true. Um, okay, dorsiflexion, that is sort of bringing your, your foot up towards your face. Mm -hmm. um, plantar flexion is the opposite movement. So you're going back on sort of your tiptoes, that sort of motion. Your gas pedal. Yeah. Opposition, reposition, who wants to take that one? <laughs> Opposition is bringing your thumb to your pinky. Um, so it's like when you touch together. So the, we'll go over joints in the next episode, but it's a saddle joint. And op, the thumb's just a weird, it just does it all. And so when you, actually, there's really no better way to describe it besides your thumb touching your pinky. So there you go. That's the only joint that, that and then, happens, right? Yep. And then your reposition is just going back to the anatomical position. Yep. Okay, so then we have upward rotation and downward rotation. Again, this is mostly referring to the scapula. So upward rotation is if you were to, for example, take your hands out in front of you. And then if you were to move for upward rotation, if you were to move your wrists towards the outside of your body, that's upward rotation. So it's taking that inferior side of the scapula and taking it outward and pushing it outward. That is upward rotation. And then downward rotation would be the opposite movement. So taking that inferior angle of the scapula and moving it back towards the midline in the frontal plane. This is all in the frontal plane. And then we have horizontal flexion extension. I think that, you know, with flexion, it's basically any two parts. The way I think about it is two parts coming closer together, depending on what joint you're looking at. <laughs> Um, and then extension is the opposite movement. So with like hip extension and flexion, for example, extension would be sort of the front of your thigh moving further back um, towards the posterior side of the body versus with flexion, you're going to be coming into a more crouched position, I guess, or where the front of your thigh is coming closer to the front of your body. Um, yeah. So then, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so you have your regular flexion and extension. So like Sam said, your thigh comes up. It's like you're doing like a march. And then if you're going to like extension is when it goes behind you. But then you have horizontal flexion and extension. That means that your um, like this refers to your hip joint and then your shoulder joint. You have to start in 90 degrees of flexion. So if like, let's say for your shoulder joint, you have it up out in front of you. Like you're shaking hands with someone in front of you. But you just got to make sure it's a, like, it really refers to like 90 degrees. So like horizontal flexion would be, it's also known as adduction, horizontal adduction and horizontal flexion go kind of hand in hand. So um, horizontal adduction will say it's going towards your midline. And remember midlines towards your belly button. Horizontal extension or horizontal abduction is going to go away. So if your hand is up on that, um, like up out in front of you, 90 degrees, and then you bring it out. So it's in the same frontal plane as the rest of your body that you just went into horizontal abduction. Now, if you were to bring it so your arm comes across your body, then that's going to be um, horizontal adduction. Yeah, another way to think about, um, I think, when I think about the hip horizontal um, 
abduction and adduction, I think of a lot of athletes that have done like the, I think it's called bird dog, you know, like the hip opening exercise. So if you are on your hands and knees and you take your leg and then move it out towards the outside of your body, that's horizontal abduction. And then when you move it back towards the inside of your body or down towards the floor again, that's your horizontal adduction. That was a good way to describe that. Yeah, it's also called with that move, Lauren, it's like often called like fire hydrants, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Mm-hmm. Like if you were a dog, you'd be lifting your leg out, right? Fire hydrants. Um, so yeah, that's definitely another way to think about it. There's another way too that I think of. It's like a lot of people in yoga have seen this move before where it's you grab your toes out in front of you um, and then extend your leg out and then you take your leg out to the outside. Um, that is also considered horizontal abduction. Well, I think that's it. Well, that's, yeah, that was everything we wanted to cover in our first, um, our first episode. Definitely. You could probably tell it was our first episode. And I hope this really gives you a good insight on what to, what common terms and basic planes to be expected to know. And, I'm just warning you guys, once you learn all of these terms and use it all day, every day, like you will in PT school, you'll never have a normal conversation again. Yeah, it'll be second nature, but as soon as you get these foundational terms down, it'll really help you in the future. All right, and thank you. Thank you so much for staying tuned in Surviving PT School. More episodes to come. Stay tuned and check out our channel next week. Thanks. Bye, guys.